The following podcast is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be substituted for professional medical or psychological advice. Before beginning or changing a treatment plan, please consult your local healthcare professional. And welcome back to any of our loyal viewers. Yes, our loyal, like, 15 people. <laughs> our moms, my husband. <laughs> All of my coworkers. Hi, everyone. <laughs> We're so glad to have you here for the first time or back if you're um, coming back. We're shocked and surprised. <laughs> Everybody's been really nice, but we don't know if that's just, you know, social mores. Uh, but either way, we're very excited. Well, you're here, so you must like us. Yes. Or we're just talking to each other, and that's cool, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe we're just talking to each other. But So, welcome to... So, welcome back. Biopsychosocial. We have a nurse... And a therapist. And we're going to just talk about weird stuff. Do we want to explain why we decided on biopsychosocial as a name? I don't think we have yet. I don't think we have either. Well, bio is obviously medical and science, which is kind of the world that I live in. And psycho, of course, is because I'm a psychopath. Um, I've been living with it for many years. Surprise! Um, No, obviously psycho is because I'm a therapist. And social because we're chit-chatting about it together. Yes! Um, But also because uh, biopsychosocial is the name for an intake that you might do if you're going in for a therapy. Mm -hmm. Because it looks at, obviously, your uh, medical history, your psychological history, and your social history. And you have to take all things into account Mm -hmm. when you're talking about a whole person. Exactly. Holistic wellness. Yes, holistic, a holistic-centered care. I think that's probably on my resume somewhere. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about the case that kind of brought me into true crimes when I was a kid. Yes. Oh, and for those of you who can't tell our voices apart, this is Jordan's episode. Yes. People say we sound alike. It's because we've been friends for 15 years. (laughs) Um... So the thing that gripped my attention when I was a kid was the JonBenet Ramsey case. Like so many of us. Like so many of us. JonBenet was a couple months younger than me. Mm -hmm. She was born in August. I was born in June, same year. So it was sort of, it sort of gripped my attention because it was somebody I could identify with. It could have been easily somebody I went to school with. Right. And when you're a kid like that, you know, you know, kids, you know, kids can die. You know, kids can die but it's mostly my illness or accident. So right. the story kind of really shocked me. And I think a lot of people feel that same sentiment and grew up in sort of that era. And then adults too, it was terrifying for me right. because very terrifying. Right. Because that she was what, six, six. Yep. I think, she, yeah, she must've been younger than me, but we were about the same age. And I remember not too long ago, I asked my mom about it. You know, did it freak you out to see that this little girl went missing? And she was like, no, <laughs> no, not really. No, not really. So Karen's, thanks, mom. She wasn't really worried about me. Karen's a very confident woman. Maybe well, because I wasn't a uh, on the beauty queen circuit. Oh, um, yeah. Or maybe because you probably, like, slept with <laughs> slept with a machete next to you or something. Little seven-year-old. And rolled around in the mud. <laughs> yep. Uh, so... So this case, like, pretty much blew my mind when I was a kid, and I'm still interested. If there's a special on it, 
buckle up. I've seen all of them. I've watched, did you watch the Netflix one? The casting jump? And it was weird. I didn't watch the whole thing yet. It was kind of weird. It was weird. I went and did stuff when I was watching. I'm not going to oh. lie. But I did watch the CBS special, which I am going to mention I did here. too. Yeah. yeah. Good. Mm. All right. So the basic, basic facts of this case. I actually got this from an article that wasn't too long after the murder. Um, so JonBenet was born actually in Atlanta, Georgia, August 6, 1990, to her parents, John and Patricia or Patsy Ramsey. She was their second child. They had an older son named Burke. He was three years older than her. John also had three kids from a previous relationship, but he actually had a daughter who died as well. Uh, she oh, died, wow. in her, died in a car accident. Like we had already kind of mentioned, one part of this case that's really gotten a lot of criticism is that JonBenet was a pageant kid. Right. Yeah, she had a ton of titles to her name, and those were sort of the images that were projected across, you know, the airwaves and all over television was this little girl dressed up as, you know, a teeny tiny woman. And a lot of people took issue with that. And it could be one of the reasons why this has had so much staying power is that it was shocking. Not going to focus on that too much. It's just a fact of the case. So she moved from Georgia to Boulder, Colorado with her family. They were very affluent, very, very wealthy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in all accounts, she had a happy, normal, happy, normal childhood. Uh, so she was found dead in the basement of her family's home on December 26, 1996, day after Christmas. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, parents reported they had put her and her brother to bed the night before. They had been out celebrating the holiday. Her mother woke up early, early the next morning to find a very elaborate two-and-a-half-page ransom note, and her daughter gone. Who, what What child kidnapper has time to write a two-page ransom note? I'm going to read this ransom note because it is freaking nuts. <laughs> okay. This I probably, I mean, not that I would ever kidnap a child, oh my God, or anyone for that matter. But yeah. I mean, if I had to write a ransom note, it would probably just be like, hi, I have your person. Hi, I have your person. Bye. Yeah, and that's what a ransom note is. That's that's what a ransom note is supposed to be. But this is like some Hans Gruper, <laughs> James Bond villain shit. All right, ready? I'm reading this. I'm reading this two and a half page okay. ransom note. Mr. Ramsey. Oh, listen, very formal. Very formal. Listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. It's like they were trying to, like, write a 1,000-word essay, so they just needed to be as wordy oh, as possible. Yeah, they used, like, fillers. And yeah, they used filler words. She is safe and unharmed. If you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. That's oddly specific. It is oddly specific. It gets worse. $100,000 will be in $100 bills, and the remaining $18,000 will be in $20 bills. But why, though? I don't know. Hey, can you just... How can, a bank can check? you, like, later on go to a Walgreens and be like, hey, can you break this for me? <laughs> they apparently had other things to do. But they were compassionate because they say, next, make sure that you bring an adequate-sized attaché to the bank. Oh, no No petty criminal knows the word attaché. I had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the big briefcase. Yeah, it's the big uh-huh. briefcase that you see in, you know, so, post-fiction. Oh, so we don't, we're not settling for a duffel. We want to... 
attache. We want a full-on, like, fancy briefcase. We want an attache. Not just... They, they are not taking this eight, this uh, 118 grand in any which way. Oh, actually, they will. Uh, when you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. No plastic. Okay, so they're environmentally friendly. Before it was fashionable, yeah. We will call you between 8 and 10 tomorrow to instruct you on the delivery. What bank do they think is open before 8 a.m.? Anyway, the delivery will be extremely exhausting, so I advise you to be well-rested. Wait, what's exhausting about it? I don't know. I guess the money is heavy? <laughs> the money is heavy. I don't know if they have, like, a do they have an obstacle course set up for it? Like, you know, I'm just picturing this attache. Okay, now you're going to go up the wall, up the rock wall, go down the other side on a rope, go through all of these tires. <laughs> you know that is how my father exhausted me in my younger days, right? I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, we would go to the playground and he would make an obstacle course for me because <laughs> I loved Global Guts when I was a kid. So my father would be like, oh, you got to do an obstacle course. You got to go think up you this just wall, down this wall. My sister an idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. I give this to new parents all the time. So like I would do this whole thing and he would time me and he would say, ah, you did it in blah, blah, blah. I think he can shave 10 seconds off. Back up. I went. He's brilliant. No kidding. Anyway, uh, delivery will be exhausting. So... If we monitor you getting the money earlier, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery and hence an earlier pickup for your daughter. Okay. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. That's a lot. Yeah. You will also be denied her remains for a proper burial. Wow. Yeah. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you to not provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. I've disliked a lot of people in my life. Yeah. I've never even thought, like, I'm going to take it out on their children. I mean, or just anybody else in their life. Yeah, that's effed up. Go right to the source. Yeah, if they're, like, a shitty person that's on them, not mm -hmm. anybody else. I know. The next line's weird. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. Oh, oh, they're just saying, like, anybody, any Tom, Dick, or Harry... Or stray dog. Why do you have to bring shelter pets into this? Anyway, um, if you alert the authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tamper with, tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned, we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be very difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you, John. Victory, SBTC. What the hell? Um, I just want to let you know there's a spider. Well, now it's making its way back up. Oh, I see it. I don't kill spiders. Me neither. It's bad it. luck. Yeah, it's bad luck. And also, I don't kill anything that I don't have to. Unlike these people, apparently. All right, so that's the freaking ransom letter. Handwritten, correct? Handwritten, yes. Not typed. <laughs> Not typed. Handwritten. Typing would be quicker. No kidding. So, but it was found with, like, pen and paper used from inside the home. So some person apparently sat down and wrote a brief history of time while they were kidnapping this kid. Yeah, I mean, 
I imagine ransom letters are written under duress. Like you're, you're, if you're in the home of the person, yeah, you would want to do it as quickly as possible in case you're found out while you're still there. Yeah, without like the the flourish of trumpets and attaches and John, 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 <laughs> Johnny Boy. Yeah, it's like a fake, like a tacky movie. Yeah, it's no. With, like, the letters and so anyway. All right, so after they found that ransom note, they called the police. <laughs> yep. Um, and the investigation began. So this is when things start to get screwy. John, the father, yes. ransom note addressee, found John Binet in the back, ro- back room of the family's basement. The father found her. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why are the cops... Saying, why don't you look around the house and see? Right. Yeah, why Why not? You think that the cops... Why not the cops? Leave them in, like, the living room and observe them. Correct. To see if any strange behavior is happening while they search the house. Yeah. They searched it. Never been involved in this, but they searched the house for everything. Right. They don't say, okay, terribly sorry this is going on. Why don't you look around the house and see if anything's off? And I'm sure they don't because we'll get into that, mm-hmm. what happened next. Um, so we found her in the back room of the family basement and she had a garrote around her neck okay. and she was bound with duct tape. Garrote is rope used, to, something used to strangle somebody. Mm-hmm. It's in all the mafia movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no spoilers. And she was bound with duct tape. So her body was removed from the house at 10.45 p.m., and in the week following, hair and blood samples were taken from the family, and she was buried on New Year's Eve. Okay. So about a week, and they released her body to be buried. That seems pretty quick. It does. It does. Because isn't... I don't want to use the word turnaround, but isn't the turnaround <laughs> no, pretty quick when someone uh, dies? between? Well, between when someone dies and when they have their funeral. It is pretty quick, but if an autopsy needs to be done, right. the body needs to be investigated, it's longer. Of course. And this was probably pretty thorough. No, it was a very thorough investigation, a thorough autopsy, because I read the autopsy. So it was pretty quick, and I'm surprised they didn't I'm surprised they'd keep her down around for longer. So the cause of her death on her death certificate was asphyxia by strangulation associated with um, cranial cerebral trauma. Which is fancy for she was strangled to death or choked to death and had a head wound, was hit on the head. Right. So those are the basic, those are the basic facts of the case. That is absolutely what happened. Okay. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. So the case took off in a million different directions. Uh-huh. And we know that now. We know that now the case took off in a million different directions. Probably a lot of which could have been avoided. Uh, there's, you know, so much opinion and speculation on this case. The facts and sort of the nuts and bolts of it tend to be overlooked, so I'm kind of going to go there first. Okay. I was able to review her autopsy report. It was a nine-page document. There's a lot to unpack. It was really disturbing, really sad to read. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, document was authored by Dr. John Myers, okay. who's a pathologist that performed her autopsy. I would say I'd link it, but I don't want to link it. You can find it. It was very easy to find. Is it, it is it public record? Or it is. Did, did you slip somebody some bennies to get this? Did not slip any bennies. Is public record. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. It is a public domain. It was a quick Google search. So now my search history is weird. Oh yeah, you're being tracked. Mm. Hi FBI. Hello. Just a lot of cat videos. Usually, it's just a podcast. 
But follow us on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Biosite Pod. Biosite Pod. <laughs> All right. So the first lines of the autopsy is from when he went to the home. Mm-hmm. Because that's the preliminary steps. So the pathologist right. goes to the home and just investigates the scene. Um, he entered the home and the body was found in the living room. Mm-hmm. Wait. Yep. She was located first in the basement. Yes, she was. So who moved the body? Her father, upon finding her, picked her up. I mean, I can imagine if someone is yeah. stricken by grief and yeah. in shock, not thinking like, oh, I shouldn't disrupt the scene. You wouldn't be thinking of that if that's your kid. No, not at all. Not if that's your child. No. no. If that's somebody if that's somebody you love, you go to that body right away. But there are police there, so why didn't they stop He was them? by himself searching the basement. Oh, so he brought the body up by himself. Uh-huh. I see. Jacked up all around. Yep. He took the tape off of her mouth. She had, a t- she had masking tape on her mouth. He took the tape off of her mouth, as you would. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's your baby. I don't fault your father on this at all. I think it was, yeah, so it was very appropriate. That's why you don't have family assess a crime scene. Uh-huh. Um, and they covered her body with a blanket and a sweatshirt. Oh. As you would if it was family. This is true. Yeah, I'm, I mean, around, I'm around grief. I have... Uh, Previous job, previous life, I was an end of life. I did a lot of work in right. hospice palliative care. That's instinct. That's that's instinct. That is guttural reaction is that you bring comfort to the body. Right. You're kind of preserving the dignity of the deceased right. by covering them. And if it's a kid like that, when it's a baby, that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. You cover the baby with a body. They're on the floor. You put a blanket on her. Yeah. But from a from a forensic standpoint, the crime scene is gone. Right, exactly. How, whose, whose DNA is on that sweatshirt? Whose sweatshirt was that? Whose right. DNA is on that blanket? Who was a throw blanket? Right. And I think, I don't have a site for this, but um, I do remember reading in one of the, or not reading, watching in one of the documentaries, is that they had family, they had friends over. Were the friends over before or after they found John Bonet's body? Before. So they were all there, and John comes upstairs with his body. I'm sure in hysterics puts her on the ground and everybody's panicked. Right. Again, just work with grieving people. People will do anything. They'll start cleaning. They'll start, you know, moving the body, touching the body. Everybody's going to do something different just because you're so, you're so panicked. You're so traumatized. Everybody takes it differently. So where, reminds me again, where they were living at the time? Boulder, Colorado. Okay. Affluent community. Affluent community. Boulder's a fairly large city, though, Mm -hmm. but I suppose this could be kind of unprecedented to their police department as well. I'm sure. It's entirely possible that they didn't really know how to handle it correctly. Right. And this is an affluent family because you don't want to, you don't want to upset an affluent family either. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Which I don't agree with. But anyway, so she was noted to have ligatures around her neck and around her wrist, so bruising around her neck and around Mm -hmm. her wrist, Mm -hmm. uh, where... They had duct taped her wrists and they had strangled mm-hmm. her. So it was clear she was strangled. She was tied. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are they able to tell in an autopsy if that happens pre or postmortem? It didn't say in the autopsy. Okay. But I have, I've got thoughts on this because one of it, it doesn't add up to me. Okay. So there was a white rope. They, the grout was a, a white rope and a broken paintbrush that it belonged to our mother. So okay, yep. one rope on each end and they used the, the paintbrush to tighten it. Yeah. I read through her examination, which was so sad. And what really was striking to me was how normal she was. 
How normal. How just how normal and healthy John Bonet was. Yeah. Yeah. Like her hair was like, and it's so detailed. Her hair was in pigtails. She was wearing pajamas. She had a little cross around her neck and she had a little gold ID bracelet with her name on it. And it had um, January 25th, 1996 on the back of it. So she got it the day before for Christmas. It was Christmas present. So she, um, this happened or she went missing when the kids were supposed to be in bed. So they woke up. So what happened is they woke up. So they put her to bed Christmas night. Patsy woke up January 26th. She's gone. She finds a ransom note. Okay. So this was all, so it was the day after Christmas. So it was like a normal night in the household. The yeah. kids got ready for bed. Or they got the kids ready for bed. I think, yeah. they, I think they got home late. Did show some trauma to her hymen. Mm-hmm. Are we going to go through a show where we don't bring up hymens? Anyway. Yeah, welcome to the hymen podcast. <laughs> so this could merit, have merit to her being sexually assaulted or sexually abused. She'd have some discharge and some urine in her underwear, which could have been just from the... Right, the natural body. Yeah, the body naturally releasing. Um, The most uh, remarkable part of it was um, her skull injuries. So the abnormalities to her skull were noted, you know, to her skull and to her scalp were in the temporal parietal, post-parietal, and the temporal uh, skull. Back of your head. Back of your head where your ponytail is. Yeah. If you wear your hair in a pony, you know what I'm talking about. It's like that. Yeah. Yep. You said parietal, right? Parietal. So parietal, you've got the... Frontal lobes. Yep. Frontal lobes for your forehead. Temporal lobes by your temples. Behind that's the parietal lobe. Yep. At the very back is your occipital lobe. Yep. You got it. So this was the back of, so it was top back of her head. Top back, yep. Top back of her head. Which didn't make a lot of sense to me. She was taken from bed. Mm Mm-hmm. She was taken from bed. When would you be on, how would they have gotten to that angle? Well, unless she sleeps like on her stomach or something. It's true. But it was a blow. Yeah, it was a blow to the top of her head enough to fracture her skull. Mm-hmm. So there's always, it didn't make a lot of sense. Why are they doing both? If you strangled her to death, you wouldn't need to fracture her skull. If you fractured her skull, right, that could have easily killed her. Make, yeah, that could be the killing blow. Yeah. So it always struck me that like one could have covered up the other. Like, right. why did both, why were both there? Successive. The prime, yeah, it was excessive. It was very excessive. Um, the primary cause of her death is strangulation. Mm-hmm. However, it's healthcare one on one. ABCs. The first thing you learn is airway, breathing, circulation. Mm-hmm. If something happens to your airway, that's it. Yep. Look no further. So, yeah. So to me, it was just such a juxtaposition. Uh, everything normal about her, and then this outside force that happens. The, like you've said, excessive. She was forty-five pounds. Yeah, so not much. 20, uh, so uh, I converted it to 20.45 kilograms, 47 inches tall, just under four feet tall, or 119.3 centimeters. Right. So pretty average for a seven, six-year-old. A tiny. Yeah, petite. A petite. She was a little, a little, little girl. It seemed like the, an excessive amount of force to kill a child. It's not like you were fighting her off. Yeah. So what happened, like what happened and why did it happen? It doesn't make sense. Right. If they wrote a rant, if there was a ransom note present, they had something to gain by keeping her alive. So why was she found dead in the house? She was not taken. Right. It doesn't make sense. So essentially what happens is they, if we go by a timeline, it's the night of Christmas. John and Patsy put the children to bed. They wake up in the next day 
yep. in the middle of the night the next day. Next, very early, she woke up like five in the morning to like put on a pot That's of coffee or something. Happens when you have kids. Yeah. No, I mean not that I would know, but <laughs> me either. But it makes sense. She, so she discovers Jean Benet is missing from her bed. Yep. Finds the ransom note. Yep. Contacts the police immediately. Wakes up her husband. Wakes up her husband. Contacts the police. Mm-hmm. I've heard that the police phone call is people say suspiciously calm for someone who's just recently found that their child is missing. But I don't know. And grief and shock yeah. does weird things to people. It does. So I. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to touch a little bit more on this as we kind of go along into the theories, but. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the police come over. Mm -hmm. They, for whatever reason, allow everyone to contribute to the search of the home. Yep. Be in the home. Dad finds her in the basement. Yep. Brings her upstairs, lays her on the living room floor. Correct. Correct. And then examiner, medical examiner, pathologist, John Myers comes does his examination, and in a week's time, she's buried. Okay. Also, need to give it up for John Myers. Yeah. Because... He's the goat. What? He's the goat. Why is he the goat? <laughs> give it the time, Jordan. That stands for greatest of all time. Oh, sorry. I'm, like, old. Uh, <laughs> that was such an hor- That was such a tough autopsy to read that the fact that he had to experience it and go through oh, this little girl... Those, those are the people I think... They're the unsung heroes. Yeah. Well, they're the, the ones that we never talk about experiencing that vicarious trauma, too. Yep. yep. Because, you know, nobody is an island. I'm sure he has a family of his own. Mm-hmm. And these people do these jobs in order to bring justice to these victims and bring peace to these families. Right. So here's to him. Right. Exactly. Here's, here's a... Uh, well, raise a mimosa. Raise a mimosa to all the pathologists. It, I just had to, I had to say that because that was so, that was so taxing to read that I can't even imagine. All right. So there's a ton of theories about this case. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. So I'm going to go through all of them. I'm not saying any of them are true, intelligent, plausible, but here they are. Okay. Numero uno, probably the most common, the top two, but I'll start with this one. Her mother killed her. Okay. The theory that her mother killed her because she was a bedwetter. Mm-hmm. I'll get into it. All right. It's a I, bit much. So I've known, um, I mean, she's six, right? So right. I wouldn't even, cut, so I wouldn't even raise it to the level of a diagnosis of aneurysis at no. six years old because you're not necessarily potty trained yet. You don't necessarily have complete control of your bowels, especially when you are sleeping and you mm-hmm. go into paralysis mode or, you know, you lack control over your functions. Um, a lot of parents get upset because after time, after time, after time, it's happening. There's very old school method of hanging the bed, the wet bed sheets up for the whole neighborhood to see, which is very traumatic. Ah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it does happen that parents get frustrated over those things. Of course. Frustrated enough to kill their six-year-old? I don't know. I don't think so. And she, part of me thinks this kind of got some traction was the fact that she was a pageant girl. Right. Mom's a pageant mom. Mm-hmm. Something about the daughter's not perfect. Mother okay. kills daughter. Okay. That's the, that's the theory. I'm not saying. No, no, no. I know. It's just, it's so hard to comprehend. I mean, obviously it is throughout history. Parents have killed their children. Children have killed their parents. Yeah. It's all, it's very hard to comprehend what it happens. I didn't find any, like, the only, it seems so irrational that there would, for that to happen, there would have to be some sort of mental illness and there wasn't any mental illness. And that's, and it wasn't, the crime wasn't, consistent with a snapped like killing 
She didn't have like a, a choke marks. Yes, she didn't have choke marks. On, you know, she didn't have handprints on her yeah. neck, which her skin is so she would have. You couldn't accidentally fracture somebody's skull. No, you can't. No, there wouldn't. Yes, they would have found something disarray in her bedroom if her mother had done that. Yeah, I think so. So it just it didn't seem and. And the other thing is the brick of a ransom note they thought was fake and they thought it was written by a woman. And why is that? Hand, handwriting analysis. Okay. Which is flawed. Yes. That's a flawed science. So, and, and apparently, the, <laughs> apparently the ransom note quoted a bunch of movies and they think it's fake. There's oh. a subreddit on it, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Or maybe they were just a really big fan of crime movies. It could be. Like us. Like us. We didn't write it. No, we, we, were, we were six and seven. Yes. My we can, we can barely write. <laughs> Still can barely like barely write. Um so that's so and that being said, her mom died of ovarian cancer um in two thousand six at the age right. of forty nine. Right. So even if it was her, we would never have known. Right. And the other theory in that same vein is her father killed her. Okay. That's kind of coming from the fa- coming from the disturbing the crime scene. Okay. And acting strange when, you know, in public. Okay. Yep. So that's like kind of what I was kind of, we were getting into that a little bit before. Grief and shock does weird things. And also this is the second time around losing a kid. Right. That's very true. And as somebody who's, you know, grieved before, just like every other person in the world, you go through a host of emotions at any given time. Right. And the, um, the stages of grief aren't like a concrete thing. No, they're not. And they, if... If they do occur, they don't occur in any specific order. No, you can go through all five of them in 15 minutes and be back to right. square one. A lot of people go through, if, if somebody's dying mm-hmm. for a prolonged period of time, a lot of people will experience the stages of grief before the person even dies. So Anticipatory you know, grief yes, and all that. And you, I wouldn't necessarily say it looks suspicious to other people, but other people um, become very upset like why aren't you more sad that your loved one died well they were prepared for it they were prepared for it and even so even if you're shocked if somebody dies unexpectedly and you're shocked by their death you might not be ready to grieve just yet you might right, still right, be in, right. dis- in disbelief right. and you had no time to repair so you're planning a funeral is like planning a wedding except way sadder it's like it's stressful it's stressful and it has to be done like within a week are you trying to tell me your wedding was planned in a week? Nah. <laughs> no, the funeral has to be planned within a week. So suspect them, that's fine, but not because of that. Right, okay. And they and there was also no sign of forced entry into the home. Okay. That's also interesting. So that's the concrete evidence. And they say that he destroyed the crime scene, which he did. Right. But we we don't know that it's on purpose. No. No, it seems like an easy thing to destroy. I think that was shoddy law enforcement or inexperienced law enforcement. And the third one, most recent one, is that her brother killed her. Mm -hmm. Did you see the Dr. Phil miniseries on with him? (laughs) No, I'm not a big fan of Dr. Phil. Me either. (laughs) My husband does a really good Dr. Phil impression if we need to reenact it. (laughs) Okay. But he was... I watched it. He's a weird dude. Her brother's an, he's very flat, very flat affect. Okay. Could be spectrum, could be trauma, could be bizarre childhood, could be waking up one day and finding his, and finding right. his sister was dead. Well, how old was he when she died? Nine. He was nine. Okay. So the theory states that he threw something hard at her head. 
Okay. And accidentally killed her while they were eating pineapple. Yep. Because. Which pineapple was in her stomach in the autopsy report. Um, Something that could have been pineapple. And they would be able to, looking at at the contents of her stomach during the autopsy, they would be able to tell how long it was in there, right? Based on how digested it is. Correct. Yeah. Uh, So the blow to her head would make sense to where it was located. Somebody somebody taller than her hitting her on the head, the top of the head. That made good sense. And the the strangulation would be a cover-up if that theory was plausible. It makes more sense than an adult doing something like that. Kids, at nine years old, you understand the sanctity of life. You understand the difference between life or death, but you don't right. necessarily understand your own strength. Right. I I was actually, I was nine years old when my, my cousin died, mm-hmm. who was 11 at the time. And it was very, I remember being... Developmentally, I was in a place where I understood he wasn't coming back. Right. But I didn't know how to process it. Correct. Because it, I think, I think regardless, I think death of a child when you are a child is probably very. Oh God, it fucks you up. It does. It's very complicated Mm -hmm. because it causes you, as you're an older person, when somebody your age dies, it causes you to question your own mortality. So when you're questioning your own mortality as a kid, it's. Uh, Yeah. It's complicated. Right. It's difficult. It's complicated. Shouldn't have to do it. No. No, so he, plausible, sure, CBS did a special on this where they theorized that he did it. He sued them for defamation of character, so we're just going to move on from here. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we didn't say anything. No, <laughs> no we're just, I, yeah, well, I didn't. I, I imagine part of the trauma that he experienced is probably being accused of murdering your sister at nine years old. Correct. And also, this, you remember, this thing was, this case was in every single oh, tabloid. So he couldn't walk into a store without seeing a picture of his dead sister. And everybody recognized him. Maybe not him so much, more his parents. Yeah. And then his mom died. Right. Um, so his mom died 2006, I said. So mm-hmm. he was 19. Yeah. So she died 10 years after JonBenet did. So he was 18, 19, and his caregiver's gone. Right. Dad was older. Dad was dealing with his own stuff, I'm mm-hmm. sure. So, so a lot of trauma. Yeah. Sad. Very. There's kind of no winner in this case. All right, we're getting into the weirder theories. Yes. John Mark Carr. Crazy people always have three names. Yeah. He's cool creepo. This guy is a rando. He didn't know them. Okay. He was arrested on child pornography. Great. Yeah. And said he was there the night she died, but didn't kill her. Thanks for nothing, jackass. What, was he just, like, in the neighborhood? I mean... He said he faked the crime scene because she accidentally died. Sounds like a... A lot of the time, sociopathic people, criminals, will... uh, Because not all sociopaths are criminals. But sociopathic criminals will take credit for things that they didn't do just to gain infamy. Right, which is what I think he was trying yeah. to do. It kind of got squelched pretty quickly because none of his DNA was found at the crime scene. <laughs> They're like, okay, bud. Sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. And there was there was a plethora of DNA to be found at that crime scene because <laughs> yeah. it was so tainted. Yes. Uh, so I was mad that he lied when I found out about Because I remember it came back onto the news. This is like 10 years ago that John, yeah, this guy's admitted to killing John Monet. Perfect. We can put this case to rest. Nope. Right. Right. Because it, it, it gives false hope to the family. Yep. It wastes police time. Yep. Throws everybody off. Yep. 
The only good thing about it was all the specials aired again, and I watched them again. Yes. That was nice. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> asshole. You ready for the next theory? Yes, I'm excited. It was Santa. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, I have issues with Santa. You know what? I had someone say to me the other day that he's like a burglar, but I was like, no, he's a reverse burglar. He comes into your house and he leaves you things. Kayla, he sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake he is a creep. Kids that scream on his lap just have good sense. (laughs) Anyway, a Santa Claus impersonator, Bill McReynolds, came to their house dressed as Santa on Christmas Eve. Yes, I remember hearing about this. Yes. And allegedly gave her a card that said, I'm not doing the Santa voice. You will receive a very special gift after Christmas. A little on the nose. Ew. I know. Creepy and a little I on mean, the if nose. it meant nothing, it's not that gross, I guess, but. It's gross. I think it's gross regardless. But is it, what is it? Your dick in a box, Santa? Ew. <laughs> um, anyway, he died in 2002 and maintained his innocence until his death. I think they're grasping at straws for that one, but sure. Actually, that's not even the worst theory. The worst theory is that she is alive and assume the identity is of Katy Perry. That one's my favorite. I hope that one's the truth. It makes the story less sad. Yes. Katy Perry's fun. A little. I'm little. (laughs) I mean, she's not really my favorite, though. I liked it 10 years ago when her and I looked alike. Um, Uh, Yeah. That was nice. She does have a beautiful voice. She does have a beautiful voice, but I don't think... She's jumping it. <laughs> it's unsolved. It's never going to be solved. Right. It's just like a, it's, it's one of those questions you really hope that's answered at the end of life. Why do fools fall in love? Who killed Jumpinay? Where did Tupac go? It is, it's one of great, life's great mysteries. And I hope, well, I think it would be interesting if it was solved in the same way that um, the Golden State Killer case was, that somebody pretty sure this is how this happened. Somebody submitted their DNA to one of those like ancestry websites. Oh yeah. And that's how they discovered it was him. They got the DNA. There was like partial DNA, Mm -hmm. something like that. But obviously the original night stalker was not expecting that to happen because it happened long before DNA was even a thing in crimes. So now he's what 70 plus and he's totally fucked. Yeah. Thank God. So, you know, maybe some technology will develop, in the future that will help us figure it out. That would be awesome. It's a bummer. I also like the case that was solved by Curb Your Enthusiasm. Did you hear about that? No. What? This guy was accused of murder. Yeah. And he was at a, he said he was at a baseball game with uh. his daughter. Didn't get believed. There was a whole mini series on, not a mini series. It was a documentary on this. And they were shooting an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, at the baseball game, and he, like, was in happenstance in one of the shots, and he was acquitted. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, the great... I gotta find... I can't remember the name of the documentary offhand. I'll have to tell you what it is, but it was really good. So, so see, stranger things have, have happened, so maybe there's hope, but I'm not holding my breath, but uh, Jamba and I rest in peace. I'm sure you would have... There's so... Yeah, so much life lost and so much left unsaid, um... I think in all of this, and I, I don't think it's intentional, but in all of this, um, what we forget about is her as a victim. Yeah, we do. It was everything that happened around us. It's like she's a she's a figure rather than a human being. Right. Exactly. And yeah. I, I can't. Six years old. I can't imagine. That's Hunter's five, almost six years old. Yeah, your nephew. I can't imagine. No. No. And I think, and I have to give it up to young 
to the to our little generation of young people that brought into this case because they identified with her. Yes. Yeah. So never forget the victim. No, it's easy to, but some it, it shouldn't be, but it is easy to to get swept up in it every controversy, right? And, and so. I mean, just in general, so many people are so fascinated by like serial killers that mm-hmm. they tend to forget. They're but they kill people somebody. with families and yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a family that lost a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, schoolmates, like kids she right. went to school with, or teachers, or teachers, Everybody. people in the neighborhood. Yeah. So, all right. So we cheers to doc, uh, Dr. Myers. We'll give a yes. little shout out to John Benet. Yes. Yeah. Pour one out for John Benet. I don't want to. This is Maybe some rug. apple juice will pour out for her. Yeah, this is my rug. Okay. <laughs> I'll pour it on your rug. Don't worry. All right. So you get to ask me a random question this week. I get to ask you a random question yeah. this week. What was the last thing you binged on Netflix? Oh, uh, do you have something in mind for what the last thing you binged was? Uh, Anne with an E. Oh, how was it? I hear good things I love Anne it. with an E. I loved Anna Green Gables when I was a kid. Um, so it's like kind of modernized, but not. So it's a good show. I think it's a very underrated show. I started watching The Keepers, but I fell asleep. So I can't really oh, count okay. it. And you can't say I, I never binged this, but I... One. No, I watched, um, I also watched Marriage Story, and it was really good, oh, okay, but yeah. I can't say I really binged it, but so, and with me. My problem is that I, I start things. Oh, I do too. And I don't finish them. I do too. I was actually talking to my coworker about this yesterday. It was a little while ago that I watched this, but it's a series called Broken, but it, um, it covers different cases of pretty much like shitty companies. Huh. So like the first episode covers, um, counterfeit makeup. Ooh. And my, my co-worker and I were talking about this because she, someone bought her AirPods for Christmas mm-hmm. from a big online retailer that I won't mention, that I don't subscribe to anymore. And they were fake. They were counterfeit. Really? Uh-huh. Yep. So, and if, I mean, they cover vaping. And actually, they go to Connecticut in that episode. Oh, um, they cover the, the dressers from Ikea that were falling on children and killing them. Everything falls apart from Ikea, but they shouldn't fall onto people. No. Yeah. Actually, my Ikea furniture is pretty old and it does fine. Why do I just picture the cabinet door opening and Swedish meatballs flying out? And you, like, <laughs> buy something from Ikea. That's the dream. <laughs> no, you don't like Swedish meatballs? I don't like ground meat. No. It's, ground food is a... Medical necessity, it is not a dietary choice. Oh, come on, you just don't know how to cook it. No, I cook it all the time. <laughs> I don't like it. I like Swedish guys. Hit me up if you're Swedish. <laughs> on that note, see you next time for another rousing and hopefully not as depressing episode of Bio Psycho Social. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe. Give subscribe. us five stars if you wish. BioPsychPod on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, tell your small foreign faction about us. Small foreign faction. Or your your mom. Bring your own attache. Bring your, yeah, bring your own attache. Only losers rent. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.